0: Hello, beautiful people. This is Callie, and you're listening to Girl Uninspired, the podcast where we talk about channeling our beings, finding our niche, and what we do about inspiration. Hi, welcome to episode 13. I am here with Ezra, Colin, and Daniel.
1: Hi, I'm Ezra. I go by they, them pronouns. I'm a political science major at Louisiana Tech. I'm well, one of the six people organizing the um, this whole student coalition, and um, I'm a Sagittarius Capricorn.
2: Uh, <clears throat> I'm Colin Hales, I use they, them. Uh, I'm a political science and history major. I'm one of the six organizers of the situation here at Tech. I'm a co-chair of DSA. Uh,
3: um, and I'm uh, Hi, I'm Daniel. Uh, I go by he, him pronouns. I am a political science major, sociology minor. And I'm also one of the six people kind of leading the uh, student coalition. And I'm also president of College Democrats here on campus. And I am a Leo. Ooh,
0: okay. <laughs> um, so let's talk about why we're here. And that's basically, you guys said it in the intro, it's a coalition. Um, you guys want to go ahead and describe the situation?
1: Sure. So, um, essentially, um, it all started with uh, there we have an adjunct professor, mm-hmm. um, his name is Mr. Savage, and um, he uh has been teaching, uh, on average, one upper-level history class, and then like two, two survey courses. Yeah, two mm-hmm. survey courses, and um. And so essentially what happened was, uh, <laughs> he, uh, used, uh, cent- he voluntarily asked students, like if they wanted to, they didn't, they didn't have to, but they wanted to, to, uh, talk about what it's like waking up in America as someone part of their race and culture. And so from that, uh, dialogue he started, he then, um went on to talk about colonialism, imperialism, and the enlightenment in America, and stuff like that. And so, um, from there, uh, one of the kids uh, talked to his parents about how he didn't appreciate Savage bringing in his politics into the classroom. And then the parent wrote to Dr. Geis And, and, um, or to an administrator. And, um, and essentially was complaining about how, um, he's talking about politics. And he received one complaint about this, about him doing essentially the same thing in the previous quarter. And so the administrators then took action and terminated their contract with him. But because he had, uh, graduating seniors in, um... His upper level class, uh, he could still uh, teach that class. But from the termination le- letter that I read, they, I think, mostly just took away all of his pay. I think they left him like mm-hmm. with a few thousand dollars. Yeah, they
2: could just pay back $5,200. Yeah. They were going to terminate the rest of the contract at the end of this quarter. Yeah, thank you. Uh,
1: yeah, and uh, so we just. Uh, did not that did not sit well with us, and so we started an online petition and started rallying people um, uh, behind him. And I think what uh, gave us a lot of support to do more with this situation is the fact that we had fifteen hundred signatures mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, within twenty four hours. and so they reinstated Dark Savage, but now we're continuing this conversation. In a little bit of an unruly way, you know, we're not going through the means of any organization. We're just a collection of students who are upset about how how um how Mr. Savage was terminated, and uh, about like the lack of transparency in at Louisiana Tech and the administration as a as a whole. You
0: guys want to add to that?
3: I, I think it's also worth adding that, you know, this this kind of started because uh, Diana Abel, one of the history students, came to uh, one of the College Democrats meeting and just explained the entire situation. And, uh, you know, she originally had a physical position that was being signed and we discussed ideas around that as well. And then we decided a, uh, you know, an online petition was was more suitable to that kind of effort. And I think that was really crucial to that because it allowed it to just be just immediate widespread and uh, you know, associating it with, especially associating with like tech affiliated hashtags like mm-hmm. ever loyal be staying with Savage and you know, just basically calling out the tech special on Twitter. Uh, I think that was a big part of it. And so it just kind of kickstarted from that one meeting. And then eventually a lot of other organizations got involved via YDSA um, and others. Um, And it just kind of took off from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it essentially blew up overnight. When I first signed the petition, it was like 300-something signatures, Mm -hmm. and then like the next day it was 1,500. And um, it wound up getting him reinstated because of all the support that he had. Uh, So are the results what you guys were expecting, like were you expecting it to blow up or did that just – really surprised you
1: Ezra here um, I I was genuinely surprised that it got I was expecting it to get a good bit but I wasn't expecting it to reach 1500 within 24 hours and then I also didn't expect um, like any type of media outlet to actually mm-hmm. like reach out to us and want to make a story out of it mm-hmm. uh, the advocate, um, KNOE and what's that Inside, Inside Higher Ed, Ed. Mm-hmm. Inside Higher Ed yeah um, they all like independently mm-hmm. wanted to do uh, I think KNOE we reached out to them but all of them like were really excited to write pieces on this and that was also very surprising the yeah. fact that the media started to like pick up on it which definitely gives at least gives me some motivation mm-hmm. into doing this because it's like it's not just me getting angry again you know like this is an actual thing that like a lot of people are angry about Mm -hmm. so uh
3: daniel here yeah i when when this first started and i came home that i i probably expected like 300 Mm -hmm. maybe 400 uh just because of like the lack of which i I mean i guess it's different now the lack of like kind of more left students uh you know galvanizing Mm -hmm. action on campus uh so, I, I expected like maybe 300, 400. And then, like that morning, you know, it got to like seven, 800. I was keeping track of it. Mm-hmm. It was getting like 100 every 30 minutes, an hour. I was just, and it was, it just continued to grow. And that was not, I didn't expect that at all. And it was amazing to see how many people responded, especially also non students. Mm-hmm. Like the history faculty was supportive, uh, people from other mm-hmm. universities, you know, I have friends from high school that saw it and was commenting on it, and they go to mm-hmm. like ULM, uh, stuff like that. So it, it got out really quickly, and it
2: just totally surprised me. That's where I was the most, or Colin, here. Yeah, that's where I was the most surprised too, was I figured it would just be students and alumni, mm-hmm. maybe a faculty member or two, but it was uh, a whole, a whole people I grew up with and Shreveport mm-hmm. and going to high school was there, they messaged me about it too, and they were hearing about it too. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm and the KNOE story went out Friday at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can get that link in the LA Tech feminist bio, correct? Yeah. All right. Um so this has been a lot of work. I mean, I'm just a small part of it, but you guys are the leaders. So like how has that amount of work affected your classes?
1: <laughs> um yeah, Ezra here. Um You know, I've always been, like, super-duper involved, and since, like, I was in high school, I juggled 50 things, but something at, like, this scale where, you know, it's not like I'm leading an organization of, like, 20 people, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm working with five other people on the same leadership level, you know, because every other organization has, like, a triangle set up, you know? There's the top poncho, and then, you know, you spread down from there, but... Here, it's very, very much like mostly horizontal, where, you know, if I know something, at least 15 other people know it, too, you know, it's like very horizontal, and so it takes a lot more communication, which can be quite draining, constantly having to check your phone, having to make sure, like, did I get that email, did it get sent to the right email, let me check the Twitter, and, you know, let me... Do all these other things mm-hmm. just to, like, juggle everything just so that you can just stay informed. And then there's, you know, going into the meetings uh, that happen at night. like And sometimes they'll go in late, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting out of there at, like, 9 p.m. And uh, just, you know, talking about where our next steps are. Like, okay, we need to write some statements. We need to, we need to get some more people in on this. We need to prepare ourselves for the SGA meeting, get ready for the KNOE person coming. And, um, yeah, so it's just a lot of work. And so we had to miss, um, one of my history classes, I had to miss a quiz I was being given because we were doing interviews with KNOE. And, um, yeah, and it's just like, just, Something you just got to, like, balance out, you know? Like, yeah, there's an aspect of my school that's going to, you know, be hurt. But then again, like, I was able to work out a reschedule for one of my quizzes in my sociology class. Mm -hmm. So it's it's, just – it requires that you need to be very proactive in everything. You need to, like – be planned to where you know that like okay of course it's gonna be happening on this day and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna have something else happening that day too Mm -hmm. talking to your teacher ahead and most of the teachers in my department are very understanding Mm -hmm. um like they 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 understand it they get it you know they they understand like you know this is the fight they want to see fought so they're definitely going to be very helpful Mm -hmm. With um helping us balance stuff out, but they're not going to feed us with a silver spoon either you know we're gonna have to work for it to uh to build up this
3: is daniel to to build off what Ezra said to kind of answer the question I think it's uh it can definitely take the toll uh, of her a little bit. It did me as well, especially for you know someone in political science that has just a lot of like textbook readings and stuff like that, something that just takes a larger amount of time um but I think it's more about you know when you're when you're getting involved in activism it's it's not necessarily about worrying about falling behind, but it's just more so deciding what your priorities are for that moment uh so you know understanding that this you know preparing for this s g a meeting for example takes a higher priority than my um uh you know textbook reading for tomorrow I could do that in the morning you know so understanding that you know. Some things might fall by the wayside, but as long as you're cognizant of it, as long as you're, you know, thinking about that sort of stuff beforehand, that's something you can tackle. Uh, so, you know, and and sometimes it isn't as successful. Uh, I mean, you know, when when this first broke, my schoolwork kind of went out the window because mm-hmm. I was just so galvanized around this and tweeting pretty much constantly about it. And so I didn't really want to do any other schoolwork now that I think about it, just because like... I have, I have this cool thing that, that's starting. Like, this is happening, and I want to see it develop, and I want to be involved in it. And so that just kind of fell by the wayside, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you need that sometimes. Um, but to me, I think it's just about, you know, setting priorities and just thinking about that a little beforehand can definitely save you in the long run.
0: Yeah, I mean, this this is kind of... The timing of this is kind of weird because it's happened, like, a week or two mm-hmm. weeks before our break. And so, like, you know, it's good because, like, we were in school and this happened, so the communication was easier, um, and you guys can hold meetings, like, when necessary, almost suddenly, sometimes, mm-hmm. and, um, and now, like, the problem has been fixed, air quotes, and we're on break, and the administration wants us to kind of just drop it, like, oh, he was reinstated, so it's fine, like, everything's fine, um. You guys want to talk about, like, how that's problematic?
2: Well, the administration, um, or this is Colin, um, the administration does want us to drop it. Um, We have met with a member of the administration, um, and he was pretty clear that they didn't really support this at all and that we should kind of just drop it and kind of focus our energy on things that are really their job to fix. But... It's it's problematic in that way, but it's also beneficial and a positive in another way too. Because now we have time to actually figure out everything that we're gonna do. Because if you're doing school and work, it's hard to fit everything else into that. This lets us kind of communicate and figure out where do things need to go. So when we come back, it's with a like a renewed energy and a lot mm-hmm. more to bring forward. So it's not just why are they so upset about Mr. Savage? He got his job back. When it's a lot more than that now, and let's just kind of figure out exactly how we want to move forward in doing these things that we have planned on doing over the break.
3: I'd like to add really quick, um, this is Daniel, that I think with the break being so close, that was kind of a point of inspiration in a way, because it was kind of like a deadline mm-hmm. to see how much you could get done before kind of everybody drops off for a while. And so that, I would argue, that might part might be part of what, you know, Helped everybody keep keep going for that kind of last mm-hmm. week, and especially after the SGA meeting and everybody kind of coming together, because there's only you know the you know the there's only so much opportunity you have with that with that time frame, and so I think that was a point of inspiration for a lot of people. So and, it was beneficial in that way.
0: Yeah, and it's important to note that like Savage's position isn't the like isn't the reason that this is going to keep going. It's because it's part of a bigger issue, Mm -hmm. Uh um, which is censorship Mm -hmm. and giving rights to employees at Tech. Um, So what do you guys think Tech's relationship in this situation is? And is it what you guys want the school's relationship to be? I personally am very frustrated with the administration. Um, I think we all are, but...
1: You guys want to comment on that? Yeah, so Ezra here. Um, So right now what we're working on is uh, getting a transcript of our last meeting with an administrator. And what that's hoping to do is to just like help illustrate the point I'm about to make, which is the fact that administration isn't, isn't, doesn't want to cooperate with us. They don't want to see the change that we want implemented. Um they are very resistant to just at least just saying like, yeah, we understand what you're mm-hmm. saying, you know? Like even when we're saying something, they'll say like, well, you're, you're still wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, sure I am. And um and it's just, you know, it's very frustrating. I'm I'm right there with you with the fact of like You know, there's so many tactics that they have of just trying to, like, shut us down. Trying to say, well, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't have all the information, which we do. Um, They say that, like, well, we're not going through the proper channels, but they're not going to point us in the proper channel. All they're going to say is SGA, but then where do we go with SGA? You know, what do we do with SGA? That type of stuff. So... You know, it's not necessarily we are we're not getting any support from them, and uh, it's really frustrating. And um, like I said before, you know, the administration is listening to us, but they're not hearing us. They they're not understanding what we want. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and if that's the case, then that's the case.
0: Do you want to clarify on, like the demands from the coalition?
1: Yeah, I have it on my phone. Let me let me pull them up. There's uh, there's six of them. And I think it's best if I uh, read it in order, because it, it builds pretty well. Um, so they are an apology that Louisiana Tech needs to publicly apologize to Mr. Savage. Uh, we want an academic freedom policy. This would guarantee faculty that Louisiana Tech would protect their right to teach their classes without the anxiety of a parent or any other outside influence preventing them from teaching their classes how they best see fit. Uh, parents uh, should not have a weight when it comes to uh, the academic setting, especially at a university. Um, due process is another thing. We want Louisiana Tech to guarantee faculty that in situations like Mr. Savage's, there will be a fair and appropriate process to determine what actions will be taken. Uh, We are also demanding more transparency from the administration. The Louisiana Tech administration needs to make faculty and students aware of the events and actions that, uh, that affect our jobs and education. The people in Mr. Savage's class did not have class for a week, and they were not told anything about that situation. And that's just one instance of Louisiana Tech keeping their students in the dark. Um, we want a formal complaint process. Um, There needs to be an avenue for students to submit grievances where they will be safely heard and actually acted on. And um, we also, and this is the last one, uh, we would like to see the faculty unionized. Uh, In the event that Louisiana Tech fails to protect faculty in the future, uh, the faculty should have an internal means of protecting themselves and their interests and that requires unionization.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, so now that the co- coalition is formed and in turn given the student body a voice, uh, how do you think this is going to affect the university's future?
2: I think it, this is, Colin, I think this is really, really important to kind of moving things forward, because we saw it at the University of North Carolina, how students wanted the um, Confederate statues taken down, and they wanted the buildings names to be changed from slave owners and slave and people that supported slavery and segregation, they went through the SGA, they went through it for uni- official university means, but the institutions that exist don't care to change the status quo because it, either, it is either benefiting them or they are. It's the, there's no loss, at least. However, students that have to live every day in it and they're not in these positions of power and authority and wealth that administration is in, and they don't get to make these decisions, having a, a voice that can kind of create change through what you as a student body has decided to do, and you don't need to go through SGA and go to go to 15 different meetings so they can vote on it for the next three years. You don't got to go beg the administration to do their fucking job for once. You can actually get up and say, hey, this is what we want. And that's one of the big things about the coalition is moving forward, even once the situation is kind of resolved, GTM is still named after someone that supports segregation. Louisiana Tech still has a problem of not holding professors accountable for sexual offenses, And we still have a problem in not... Acknowledging greater student involvement through people of color and and women and all these different things, and having a body of students like, or at least a precedent for students to get together and push for things that we know that we need. That's the that's the greater goal of all of this.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Louisiana Tech has a problem with not protecting mm-hmm. uh, students that are minorities. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I, this is Daniel. I think that the student co, as far as the relationship between the student coalition and the Louisiana Tech administration, and by extension, the student body to Louisiana Tech administration, and it's it's clear that institutions by themselves, like Colin was saying a second ago, you know, don't exactly strive for change. That's kind of built into that system, mm-hmm. and so. The voices of the students and the students' ability to organize is a necessary uh, reactionary force that keeps them accountable, right? And so without that thing existing, you, you're left with a situation in which Louisiana Tech has all the power. And that's kind of all we want is we want to be kind of of an equal footing mm-hmm. to express our concerns and, and tell them our grievances and then to actually give a shit about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is incredibly necessary. I, I don't like the argument that, oh, why don't you go through these institutional channels like SGA? And sure, SGA is good for something. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, that's not really the point is the, the point is, first off, the students will always have the ability to organize or at least they should. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that allows real change rarely happens through institutional means. I mean, three years of political science has taught me that. In abundance, yeah. you know. So the, the real change happens is with the people on the ground getting angry, and institutions realizing that if they don't, you know, understand what they're trying to say and understand their concerns and implement those solutions, then that institution will seek to exist because the the people that are on the top, their existence depends on us going here. And so if we don't have a say in in what happens here, then why should we go here? And that's kind of all we're trying to say here, is us having an equal voice and us expressing certain concerns that we have to the university.
0: So, um, would you guys mind naming the all of the original uh, leaders of this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's uh, Ezra, Colin, Daniel.
2: Diana. Cass, Cassidy. Vidros. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, so, among all of you, were there concerns when starting this?
1: Um, I wouldn't, Ezra here, I wouldn't say that, uh, within our group, we're all more like-minded individuals. I think our variation in ideology shifts and like, more on the fringe things, not necessarily things that matter when it came to organizing this. But the fact that, like, we made this um, this coalition so open and there's no, like, because, like, yeah, we're leading it, but, like, we're not, like, obviously the leaders, you know? When when we have meetings or whatever, you know, there's obviously the people who know stuff and are trying to relay the information. When we need to work on stuff, I try to make sure that, like, when we're working on a statement or when we're working on, like, getting down, like, who we need to contact and stuff like that, I want to make sure that's a very like very um oh, what's the word uh, i don't know like that there's no power hierarchy there mm-hmm. that it's you know you can come in and if all you want to say is like one sentence and then leave and that's what you can do and i think what that has done was open up the door to like people who would disagree with us and i think that's a very important thing to consider because even if you don't necessarily start believing what they're saying it still makes you question, you know. Okay, what am I doing here? And it makes you develop, you know, more uh, more astute arguments for supporting yourself, and it makes you develop um, um, statements that address more concerns rather than just the ones that you and the other five people thought of when you wrote that statement. So, uh, someone who's very notable in this um in this movement who isn't in uh, leadership and really helped us a lot. Um, His name's Luke Mm -hmm. and he, you know, he has, he's in SJA right now and he was able to give us a lot of insight to like what will happen at the SJA meeting. This is what you need to expect. Uh, This is what they want from you guys. And that was so beneficial. Mm -hmm. He also made sure that we, you know, because we're the, the people leaving leading this are, very angry individuals, (laughs) at least (laughs) least myself, you know, and so he's making sure that we're not being too brash, you know, but then again, we're not going to, like, say, okay, we won't, we won't be, you know, angry, no, we'll, we'll still be angry, but we take into consideration that, that, like, okay, calm down a little bit, voice, and that's very appreciative, so I wouldn't say, going back to what you asked, (laughs) I wouldn't say that, like, necessarily there's a lot of disagreement Mm -hmm. in the six of us leading, I think that there's disagreement in the co- coalition, but not on our fundamental values, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more of how should we do this? What's the best way we should do this? And I think that's what gives us strength. Mm-hmm. There, there aren't people who are just like, whatever you think is best, you know, they're like, well, I don't know if we should do that or say that, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that questioning is what makes us that strong.
2: I think in, this is and preventing the, like they were saying earlier, um, part of the reason that the leadership kind of moving forward when we were first starting didn't kind of have these problems that we've seen a lot of times in, organiza- in organizing and, and activism is what Ezra was saying earlier is that the communication, everything that we did was relayed, every. Every couple of minutes, it was something. This is even if we didn't end up doing it. This is something that I'm thinking about doing. This is something I'm thinking about saying. We talked about the best way that we can that we could tweet about things and how we should email and how we should communicate it and things like that. So everything, everything, every little aspect of it has been (laughs) democratic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It gets a little Ezra here. It gets a little bit uh, frustrating after a bit because you're just like it is
2: one. Goddamn sentence. Right. <laughs> Just post
1: it. But then, you know, but like there were people that were like, I don't know because of that sentence. So you know, we went through the process and we were like, okay, this is the sentence. And then we fixed it. And at the end, everyone was like, okay. You know, and I was like, perfect. You know, it 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 ended. <laughs> but um, yeah, like almost everything that was done, like from like should I make this tweet, like, how the petition was spread out, you know? We were like, do we just send it in a in the Discord? Do mm-hmm. we, you know, whatever? And I, like, it was, it was a conversation we had to have about, okay, this is how we're going to break the, like, break the ground with it, you know? And, uh, yeah, every part of this is planned, and it's very frustrating, but... It definitely serves us for the better.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I totally agree. I think that the part, the fact that it's kind of so democratic, I think was, well, I think because it, it kind of started as a little bit chaotic at first, where there was kind of, everybody was kind of, you know, just doing something, right? To, to kind of get this out there. And then as this kind of slowly started to form, um, you know, having pretty much anybody and everybody there just makes it just makes it better because whatever skills that you lack, someone else probably has mm-hmm. you know you know I know that like for example, you know if i'm not the best at writing, which i'm not I know Colin and Ezra and you know are gonna be there to actually kind of um, to kind of cover up that slack so by making it so democratic and making it so inclusive. It it serves us better overall. Mm -hmm. uh, It's something that I think some organizations can lack.
0: So, obviously, there are frustrations with everything um, that gets done in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, do you guys have any other frustrations that have come about? (sighs)
1: So long, you guys. (laughs) 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 I'm here all (laughs) day. So uh, one way that we're we're gonna see a major I don't want to say split but a major avenue that this coalition is about to about to go down and about to um, explore you know, is our Title IX issue at Tech mm-hmm. and the lack of like following it and the fact that we're just not Title IX um, the lead our one of our leaders Cassidy Clark is really going to be. You know, spearheading that that avenue of the student coalition, and and by like saying that like you know when sexual assault happens on campus, students need to be notified. When a suicide happens on campus, students should be notified. When um, a teacher is accused of sexual harassment, that those accusations are immediately heard and dealt with, and not put on the table for ten years and then granting that professor the uh, option of retiring rather than actually pressing charges mm-hmm. and uh, terminating their um yeah and when he's still on campus yeah it's ridiculous and uh one you know and so like that's one thing but you know the hope is with this is the fact of it started off as a savage issue the savage issue so we're learning a lot of things from that in which I don't think we would have learned Mm -hmm. if we were going, like, I don't think the university would have granted us a meeting if it was about, you know, sexual harassment Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that type of stuff. But because we got that meeting, we can now, you know, with more confidence say like, this is what the administration thinks. This is how they're going to go about this. And so now when we start the timeline stuff, we, we can think ahead. Mm-hmm. We can think, well, this is what the administration is going to want us to do, which is what we're not going to do, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just it helps us move forward. I think, uh, I think it's kind
3: of just going over a main issue of transparency on campus mm-hmm. from the administration. Because even even smaller problems, such as like parking, like nobody knows anything about what's going on with it, where things are going to be, what's the plan to address it. Why did they take away all the parking for the engineering building and just decide to say F the students, right? Like there's, it, it's not necessarily just about the university making bad decisions, but it's also about the university not being transparent about why they make the decisions they do. Sometimes mm-hmm. they might be good decisions. Sometimes like in Ezra's example, this is Daniel, by the way, I didn't say that, <laughs> um, but it. It's just the fact that they don't even talk about it. And that's to their advantage because if they don't talk about it, they're not accountable for when something Mm -hmm. fails, right? And so that's kind of the, the crux of our argument. And I would argue the overarching theme is that the university needs to be telling us what's going on because not only does that inform us as students, but that informs potential students and that informs the community as a whole. And some solutions can be made from those outward sources right so it's actually beneficial to the community for that stuff to be out there so you know it's kind it seeps itself into a variety of just smaller issues on campus liberal arts funding on campus parking adequate street lighting Mm -hmm. etc you know and i think that you know if if you ask someone like hey how is tech planning on you know expanding in the next 10 years no they couldn't tell you because the university doesn't say that And I I feel like that stuff like that, even the smaller stuff, is incredibly important
1: to everyone to know about. Mm -hmm. Something I want to add on to that, and this is Ezra speaking, um, is the fact of, like, people know about that type of stuff. But they tell, like, the students that are close with the administrators, Mm -hmm. they tell their friends – and so mm-hmm. only the people who are close to administrators and have no problem with the status quo as it already is, SGA, are mm-hmm. SGA and Union Board, you know, they're going to know. And does SGA and Union Board find, seek seek that it's pertinent that they relay this information to the student body? No, cause or else we would still at least have a school newspaper, mm-hmm. right. but we don't. I, and over you know my time being here, I've seen a decline in um, the ability of organizations at Tech being able to relay information about what's happening at the university and here. So our, our newspaper is is uh, take has been um, dissolved. Like it's no longer around. Uh, rest in peace, Tech Talk and uh klpi isn't allowed to talk about anything anything at all like they can't even they'll probably get shut down if they start talking about the weather and and i you know never thought of that but then you know we had a coalition meeting and some klpi people showed up and they were talking about how ridiculous it is and i was like i can't believe i never realized that i never thought about like you know, we have a radio station, but all they're allowed to do is just play music again. I mean, like, I fuck with their music. We yeah, have good music case mm-hmm. over there. But, like, part of, you know, radio broadcasting is also being, like, you know, keeping the people informed, you mm-hmm. know, telling them, like, what's happening, and stuff like that. But, again, like, mm-hmm. Louisiana Tech is not allowing them to, like, actually implement radio broadcasting skills and just teaching them how to be a fancy PJ.
0: Yeah, so. and students should know what's happening at their university, whether or not it's good or bad. Yeah. Like, tech has a habit of unreporting situations, and that's illegal. Like, okay. there there are laws in place that state that universities have to report um, the crimes and stuff that happen on their campus, and tech doesn't do that.
1: Yeah, no. And um, Ezra, again, uh, it's just... They, I, I don't know who allowed them to think that covering it up mm-hmm. will give them less heat than it just, like, happening. Because, and this was something that, I, at least I was raised with, and I would imagine so many other people were, that, like, if you're just honest about things, the consequences are so much less than mm-hmm. if you just constantly lie about it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the more you lie, the more you have to cover up stuff.
2: And so, therefore, the consequences mm-hmm. are just... Not much worse, you know? Mm -hmm. And we all, this is a college we all know the kind of shit that happens on college campuses because it's well-known statistics of suicide and assault and sexual violence and all of these different things. So when tech advertises itself as the safest university in Louisiana, one of the safest in the South Mm -hmm. and in the United States in general, it makes you think, well, what policies do they have in place that do these things? And so I was walking. Uh, on that street where Keeney is. Mm -hmm. And in the new apartments that they have, they have these pillars that say like integrity, caring, sharing, knowledge, uh, dedication, and all these things. So you start seeing all these messages from tech, and you start hearing all these things about how they're so great, and you're like, okay, well, there's things in place that cause that. But it wasn't until Cassidy did a uh, study on sexual violence here at Tech and found out that it is... Massively underreported. It isn't until we have some ways of kind of disseminating from students that you know suicides happen on campus. I think in my whole four years here, there's been three, four, five maybe emails about crime, mm-hmm. and one of them was like fake police officers and shit like that. But there's so much that happens here, and if you just talk to students. You know these things, and that's why it's a fucking shame that we don't have tech talk and that Kelpie's kind of locked down to just be a a, a music station. Sorry. Go ahead.
3: No, I was just going to add on to what Colin said. This is Daniel, that it also becomes dangerous to new people that are coming to campus because there's this illusion of perfection, right? Mm. That's just – it's just that. It's an illusion. It's false. And so that becomes incredibly dangerous to students. And new faculty or just anybody that wants to affiliate themselves with, with Tech's campus. And I think that Tech, in my opinion, and I'm, I'm assuming I, I it looks like it's shared among a lot of people, is that Tech is more interested in just protecting their image and mm-hmm. them as an institution than the concerns of the students because that that just, that makes them still exist as they are and that grants them more money from whatever alumni, students, uh, organizations, the federal government, et cetera. And so, but that results in, it might not be a lot of students, but it's the fact that there's one at least that gets disproportionately affected mm-hmm. by, you know, stuff like sexual assault or harassment on campus, which is a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so those, they might seem on an institutional level, they might seem very minor things. Oh, we don't want to talk about this because we don't want to, we don't want to mess with our alumni donations. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't want to mess with, you know, all the, you know, the tech uh, day of giving or whatever's coming up. We don't want to talk about it. But what that happens on an individual level is that it becomes incredibly dangerous and potentially could kill somebody. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the things that we want to open up a conversation about is, you know, and I think part of the what the coalition does is that it gives students that might want to come forward with whatever concerns they have, not necessarily relating, relating to sexual assault, but or or violence, but uh, other concerns as well. This, even from the KLPI, Ezra, like you were talking about earlier, these concerns we can bring up as a group and have a you know we are greater than the sum of our parts, and that's mm-hmm. kind of one of the most important things about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How are y'all planning to overcome future obstacles?
2: Well, I think this is Colin. um, Not every issue is going to be something that the media gets involved with. Not every issue is going to be such a kind of grand issue. But I think what Daniel was just saying a moment ago, and that we are greater than the sum of our parts, that's how we can fix issues. We can support faculty, there was a university uh, two years ago who was going to, I can't remember the name of it, they cut tenure. They were no gonna lo- no longer going to do tenure. That was going to affect the job security, stability, and pay of their professors. So students got together and they put their fucking feet down and like 32% of the students at that university st- went on strike. They protested. They sent shit out. It didn't get very blown because it was a real small university, but they made that happen. Mm -hmm. North Carolina, they got rid of those statues because students made it happen. So how we fix things going forward is that we've seen a trend by at least my whole time here and in comments from the petition all the way going back to the 80s and fucking probably definitely way past then too is that institutions and people in power are there because they know what it takes to be in power and what it takes for them to stay in power is to keep things the way that they are so how we fix things going forward is we get angry and we get together and we say "Fuck that if shit yeah. needs to change then we have to change it because we can't depend on dr geist to change it we can't depend on someone else to change it we've got to do that
1: yeah uh as we're here the, um in high school i was very involved in uh like student activism and it was definitely to a lesser degree than um, what I am now. Like now, it's definitely way more professional, way more, way more organized. And uh, one thing that I've learned though from doing this for for a while is the fact of like apathy is your greatest enemy here. You you know you can, and that's whether or not like you just get lazy or you just stop seeing like. The reason why you're getting angry, you know, and it's just so important to just get angry about this. And like Holland said, just be angry because this is something you should be angry about. Like, why are you trying to cover up so much shit? Like, why are you refusing to to let us know things? And personally, just from speculating, like it, I think there's some greater shit going on because mm-hmm. that's how it was at my high school we weren't allowed to know shit and we knew nothing and well, it wasn't until like students started getting asked to help you know clean the high school that like words started getting out because we're one of the most taxed communities in the country specifically for education you mean to tell me that we have to turn off our projectors and not use our lights and do um, the janitor's job because you can't afford to keep janitors on the payroll but you know we're one of the ta- most tasks I mean, you're telling us that there's no money yet you're taking it from us and we can see how much you're taking mm-hmm. that type of stuff and then we got we got angry and started like asking questions and then um, you know we never got anywhere with that but once when we started getting angry and asking questions, we started seeing more janitors there you know they stopped coming on the intercom and like saying remember turn off the lights and all that type of stuff so something happened there Mm -hmm. but like just bringing it back to here though it's just you gotta stay angry you got to remember that like this is your education at stake Mm -hmm. you know and this is the education of not just you but all of your friends that go here too all of all of your family members that may go here all the people that will come here. It's their education that's on the line. And, you know, that's, that's something that I think it's worth fighting for.
0: If you're not angry, you're not paying attention.
1: Yeah. If, uh, if I may add
3: real quick, I guess that's sort of a more cautionary tale. Uh, in my high school, which I grew up in a pretty poor, poor high school, Simsboro high school, which is like t- 15 minutes away from tech. Um, and I remember, being, uh, I think, it was probably a junior in that the Lincoln Parish School Board, I think it was a school board decision, re- was going to require that security cameras be put in every single classroom. And a lot of faculty and a lot of students were very angry about that because that you know, takes away a lot of – my history teacher said it best, is it takes away – Teacher privacy; mm-hmm. it takes away a teacher autonomy of being able to actually. It, it's very analogous to the Mr. Savage situation, where they're taking away a lot of that freedom of academic expression in the classroom to the teachers and the students. And I remember a few of my friends were really angry about it. Um, and my history teacher gave us some, you know, gave us some pointers on how to uh, uh, push forward with it. But you know, it, it we didn't know how to organize, we didn't know how to do anything, and it just kind of fell by the wayside and never went anywhere and a, a similar thing kind of happens with the art department at my high school where it pretty much got stripped away and a lot of people were very very angry but there was no, there was no voice for the students and there was no um, there was no you know people that n- knew how to organize it they didn't have the resources to both not necessarily financial or anything but just like personal resources of people that know what they're doing and so the art program went away, and from what my understanding is it's still gone. And that's a lot of students that are permanently affected, some really good artists that are affected, not even just good artists, some students that just enjoy art you know, as, as an extracurricular. It just went away, and and it's probably going to stay that way for a very long time because there's no infrastructure like that for student voices, mm-hmm. and there's no infrastructure for students to have the capacity either the mental or the physical capacity in the school environment to be angry and so that permanently transforms that system and it could get worse over time I I don't know and so this is why this small-scale activism I'd barely call it small-scale at this point is incredibly important because these little things or in in as big as some of the uh, situations that are brought up they affect things years decades down the line you know I haven't been to the high school in five plus years, but I can tell you, there's probably still not an art program. There's probably still not, uh, the art classroom got converted into a history classroom. And so there's still Van Gogh paintings on the walls that are just a relic of the past that probably won't ever come back. Mm -hmm. And so it affects things years and decades down the line. And that's why you have to do it now and be angry now Mm -hmm. because you might not be affected, but your children will and their children will. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you feel that this situation will help shape your own personal trajectories?
1: Uh, I don't know, uh, Ezra here, but uh, I've been, I don't know, like, I, I think what this is doing is just reinforcing what I've been doing mm-hmm. for such a long time, you know. Starting in high school, I was working really closely with GLSEN, the Black Lives Matter movement, just my high school, and that was very, very disheartening, because, like, everything I did got shut down, like, nothing went through, you know, I tried, and I tried, and I tried, but it just never really, like, went through, or, like, when something went through, there's no way that you could say, like, you did this, you know, but now, it's just, like, it's a, it's kind of, like, a reward, I guess, like, you know, like, there's no way that you can't look at the six of us who were in that, that meeting that night where we were like, Okay, we're gonna publish this, we're gonna we're gonna make this an online petition, Mm -hmm. we're gonna send it out and we're gonna tell people be angry and they're going to be angry. There's no way that you cannot tell us that this wasn't us. You know, there's no way that you can't look at each of the students that signed the petition and said, You didn't do this, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that really like changes the narrative on things, especially because, you know, some of the administrators would tell us that like Oh, you're not doing anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Like what you're doing isn't actually going to do anything, whatever. And then, and all I have to say to that is, then why am I meeting with you? Why am I meeting with yeah. you if it's not doing anything?
3: I think to to answer your question about personal uh, projections going forward. This is Daniel. This is Daniel, by the way. I think that you know, as as a person that wants to go further in political activism and, and you know, kind of changing uh, the community in the world. Um, I think that it allows me to understand, you know, like how, what are the ways to most effectively help people? And that answer is different in pretty much every situation, right? You know, every sort of social or political, you know, quagmire you kind of go into, has kind of different solutions and different ways of approaching it but when you when you just start doing it you no matter how small you know you you start to understand this is how people of these particular places and and lives think these are the concerns that you should keep in mind when you're approaching other things in the future and so and also just learning how to help make people's lives better i think is the most important thing and also building a network of friends and building a, a community of people approaching the same goals. And so, that's probably one of the most important things for me is knowing that there's people, you know, behind me and also me supporting them as well. Um, so there's other systems of inequality that come our way, which there's a plethora of, right? <laughs> um, you know that there are people behind your back because even if you if if you think that. There's nobody that thinks like you, I can guarantee you there is. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you kind of have to kind of try to go out there, and if you can't find it, you make it, you know? And that's kind of what this thing has taught me. Um, and there, I guarantee there are people that believe in you.
2: And for me, this is Colin. Um, I didn't do really any activism growing up. Um, I wasn't really, uh, I never really was in a situation that was conducive to doing that, and no one I ever knew really saw that there was a need to do anything. And on top of that, I've always been a a really (laughs) intense pessimist, Um, but now, after doing this, it's kind of showed me that shit's not always just going to go bad, and kind of fighting for changes, both in uh, kind of a micro and a macro scale, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of taught me that whatever I want to do moving forward, that... Like Daniel said, there's always people that are like-minded, and if I see that there are problems and situations that either I'm directly involved with in education or career or community problems and social problems that I'm either, you know, directly affected by or the people in my community are affected by, we can still step in and do things and make changes regardless of what barriers we feel that are in the way because collective action is how we make change. Mm -hmm.
0: Is there anything else that y'all would like to say?
1: Uh, yeah, um, actually, um, Ezra here. Um, just, just so like you know, like my final statement. Uh, the administration, if this wasn't something that we should be organizing around, like if this wasn't act, like if this was actually not a big deal, the administration would have already come out and said stuff. Yeah. The administration one of not have met with us, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, we have all these documents proving everything that we're saying, and, you know, and if you're skeptical of what we're doing, then, you know, come to our meetings, you know, come talk to us, because I can guarantee you that whatever the administration is going to put out from here is not going to be the truth, because... Every run every we've had with the administration so far, they haven't wanted the truth. And I'm going to go back to saying something that um, you know, made me angry when I realized it. You know, like the, the university wouldn't want to censor KLPI, wouldn't want to shut us down so quickly, wouldn't want to, you know, wouldn't want to censor us so much if something wasn't going on. And, you know, we we know the savage situation. We know the sexual harassment situation. We know the repression of minority voices. But what else is there? What else is there that they keep refusing to tell us and that we just haven't discovered yet or that someone has discovered, but they just haven't felt empowered enough to go through a group like a Student Coalition and inform us about it and, like, spread the word about it. And so um, that's something that... Motivates me, uh, motivates me right now as an uh, organizer for this uh, coalition because that's a very important thing when you're organizing is staying motivated because it eats up a lot of time and you're going to try to find ways to like say like to justify why it's not worth your time you got to focus on ways why it is worth your time why yeah you know what instead of reading that textbook paper, uh, chapter i'm going to be working on drafting up this statement instead because, and it's just that I'm tired of the university hiding things from me, not being honest with me, and thinking that you can get away from it, get away with it, yeah, because you know, we should be allowed to do things like this, and the whole the whole get up is is, it's concerning
3: um, I kinda this is Daniel, uh, I think Kind of going off a different tangent a little bit i think that i remember my when i was a teenager my my dad told me that i remember i was standing in the kitchen and we've kind of been similarly politically affiliated for a long time and generally the same level of being pissed about everything in the world and um and he's like 40 uh, and he said that daniel if you don't like the world grow up and change it and that can permeate every single avenue of your life you know whether it's you know you're pissed about national health care or you're angry that the state takes away student scholarships or you're not happy with how the school board is treating arts funding in your school there's politics and there is change opportunity for change every step of the way and you know if you're angry about something it's okay be angry be passionate And because I can guarantee you that the people in positions of power, they care about that, and you should as well. So don't be afraid to get angry, and don't be afraid to let anyone get you down.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: um, I think the situation is indicative of what power structures do in general, how if there's always someone on the top, there is always going to be repression and, and attacks to people. Anywhere below the top, and the people on the top will do whatever they can to defend themselves, and we've seen that throughout history. Look at the triad, uh, the the Shirtwaist Coast factory fire in 1912. Workers fought for change with their bosses. Their bosses hired people to fucking kill them. When that happened, they took it to the courts. They fought with the courts there. You can create change, and you can do things just like they did, and just like labor history has fought to do for a very long time. but The overarching problem that comes with you needing to create change is that there's a system in place that needs change, that that forces there to be change that's needed, and so solving these issues is one way to fight it, but the way to prevent having to fight these issues in the first place is to fight power structures from existing in any kind of situation or institution.
1: And real quick, I know I said I was done, but building. <laughs> building off of that whole thing about you know the systems of power a lot of them have illusions to where they're like hey Mm -hmm. you do have a voice Mm -hmm. you know they'll point to union board or sga but to that i would just say like how long has this been an issue Mm -hmm. and how long have those you know how, how long has sga and union board been around like, if, you know, if I'm supposed to be able to take care of this issue in SGA, I can promise you I'm not the first person that is upset over the termination of a professor, that is upset over the lack of action being taken towards sexual harassment and assault on campus, but, you know, they have an illusion of, oh, you can go voice your opinions, voice what you want, be, uh, want, want changed, and then something will be done about it, but why hasn't something been done if those institutions have existed already? So in institutions of um, power structures like you see at the university, you have to be wary of which ones are, like which ones that they say works for you actually work for you and which ones just work for them.
3: If I could just add one small thing because I think that's really (laughs) important. (laughs) That's (laughs) our theme. Is that, especially especially if you talk to Caitlin for more than five seconds, she'll tell you Uh this. Is that systems are only as good as they are useful to us. And so, like, you know, so if these things exist, SGA, Union Board, these positions of quote unquote student, you know, channels for student concerns, if they don't work, fuck it. Like, they, they, if they do not serve their purpose, go another route. You know, uh, I remember Robert Mann, he was the, uh, he was, uh, and a political science professor, excuse me, political communications professor. Mm-hmm. He came to the university a few weeks ago to talk about his new book about Reagan. He he said it, he said it best. I think he said civility is a tactic, and if that mm-hmm. doesn't work, then try something else. You know, mm-hmm. like there's there's room for change outside of institutional channels, and if the institutional channels don't work, try something else. All right, I'm pro- I promise I'm done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh what i came into this wanting to say is like the student body is here and we care and we have the proof that we can enact change and like we will enact change and you cannot censor us uh, because we will not be silenced and like we are here and if you think that this is the end of it then you're not ready so like we're coming
2: Mm.
0: do you guys want to drop your uh, social media handles so people can follow you?
2: Yeah,
1: sure. So, if you, if you thought with what I had to say, <laughs> or what any of us had to say, um, I talk about this type of stuff all the time, or I try to uh, talk about it on um, my Twitter, at least, uh, Empirical Ezra. So, um, if you just want to reach out, reach out. Um, definitely. Can you spell that? Um, yeah, E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L- E-Z-R-A. Thank
3: you. Uh, this is Daniel. Uh, kind of like guys talk about the same stuff uh, <laughs> on my Twitter. So if you want to follow me, it's at uh, notdandaman3. Um, and so yeah.
0: Can you also spell that? Uh,
3: N-O-T D-A-N T-H-E M-A-N
2: 3. Uh, for me, I talk about some things on my Twitter, but... Um... A lot of the stuff I'll talk on Twitter, um, if you follow me, a lot of stuff is, you know, ACAB and um, Mm -hmm. a lot of leftist things moving forward outside of just this issue. So I guess if you want to see a lot of that kind of stuff on there, you can follow me at Colin, C-O-L-L-I-N, underscore beef, B-E-F.
0: And also look into uh, at LA Tech Feminist on Instagram. Uh, Cassidy Clark, Diana Abel, um, and I don't know Vidros is at, but
1: I think it's Ryan Vidros. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. just search the name Ryan Vidros, R Y A N V E D R O S, you'll find him. Yeah,
0: just like give him a shout out for bringing this to light and having movement behind mm. it. So thank y'all for being on my podcast and thank y'all for putting in all the hard work um, to getting this moved because the student body needs it and i appreciate this happening because it really like it put, brings to light that like what we're doing in the present has impact and you know we're gonna change our future really reinstates that so
1: mm-hmm. thank You're you find the fight with us baby yeah. it's, all, it's a collective
0: thing <laughs> thank you so much for having us thank you for listening